last episode, we talked about... It doesn't matter what we talked about. We're going to do things a little different this episode. So, on the last day of Leo season this year, I made the horrible decision to leave the engagement party for my best friend of 15 years so I could go meet a friend at the bar. Though I had known this friend at the bar about the same amount of time as my best friend, we weren't that close and we barely had time to talk or hang out because of life. While at the engagement party, I invited this friend to come, insisting it would be a great time with plenty of liquor, good food, and vibes. They declined, saying their social meter was low and they'd just rather get a drink at the bar. There was a little back and forth. You should really come. No, I'm not really up to it. I'm trying to explain it's totally worth it. And then they say, it feels like we're arguing and I don't want to do that either. My response was, okay, I'll just come to you. To which they actually responded, I really don't think you should leave the engagement party just to get a drink at the bar. So when I asked myself what in my right mind possessed me to leave the party at that moment, a few things crossed my mind. Obviously, we had already started drinking at the engagement party, so my inhibitions are a little open. On this particular night, Mars, the planet of action, was moving out of Taurus into the sign of Gemini. With it being in Taurus as the night starts, it was squaring or in confrontation with my natal Venus and Leo. The easiest way to describe this energy is a very passionate drive fueling my urge to take action, wanting to do away with things that no longer bring me joy, aka life. It also suggests conflict within intimate relationships and others being put off by my actions. Tough shit. I didn't read my horoscope that day. Mostly what comes to mind about that night is how compromised my Venus and Leo was. On top of my son and Mercury also being in Leo, the entire situation screams a need for attention, fear of rejection, a test of loyalty, feeling like if I don't meet this friend where they are, they may not want to be my friend anymore, or feeling like because our careers already get in the way of our friendship, this may be my only chance to show I care about the friendship. When in reality, I was already in a safe place in which I didn't need to prove any of those things to anyone. In reality, the engagement party was a once-in-a-lifetime chance, and seeing my friend at the bar was just a thing to do. So the bigger question became, why didn't I have enough self-respect for myself? Not even that. Common sense to say, okay, friend, maybe I'll see you another time. Enjoy the bar. Leo has a very hard time with rejection. 
personally, I will avoid certain situations just because I'm afraid of being rejected. I'm afraid that me being me and presenting as who I am will not be received well. I'm afraid it'll be rejected. That's kind of obvious as I discuss my natal chart often on here. One of my most recent journal entries was me simply answering the question over and over, what are you so afraid of? When they didn't want to come meet me, my pride and ego were damaged like a true Leo. I couldn't accept that my friend just didn't want to come to the party. It didn't mean that they thought any less of me or the party. They just didn't want to come. Instead, I was almost insulted, like, huh? Why not? Why wouldn't you want to be here? I'm here. Typical Leo. When I arrived at the bar, my friend had already been waiting for me and therefore had begun to socialize with two individuals who were also at the bar. We ordered another round of drinks. Then the four of us walked to another bar. I remember purchasing a drink at the second bar and talking to one of the people we met at the first bar. Then my memory is black. The next thing I remember is pulling my car into the basement garage of my building around 3 a.m. the next morning. I looked down and saw my white shorts were covered in blood. My right knee had been scraped to the bone and there were dry trails of blood down my leg to my leather sperries. My pink and white Nautica polo also had blood stains on it. Somehow, I managed to make it home with no recollection of how I got there or what happened that night. When I got home, my partner said I came in delirious, talking out of the side of my neck, barely coherent. The amount of blood on my clothes made them check my body for stab wounds. It was pretty bad. The next morning, when the pain set in, I looked in the mirror and saw my front tooth was a little chipped and my top lip was busted. My chin was scuffed. There were bruises on both sides of my hips, an assortment of other scratches, cuts, and bruises over my legs and arms. Still, no recollection of what happened to me or my friend. On the following day, I reached for my tarot cards to do a past, present, and future spread. With this spread, three cards are pulled. The first representing the past, the second representing the present, and the third representing the future. First was the Page of Cups, the card that brings love news, like say a new love interest or wedding proposal. The present card revealed itself as death, which doesn't necessarily mean death is coming, 
but more so a spiritual death and rebirth, a transformation or drastic change in events. Similar to that night after I left the engagement party where my best friend proposed in front of all their family and friends. The third and final card I pulled, which is symbolic of what is to come, was Page of Wands. Pages are always the messengers in tarot, delivering some sort of news. When two pages appear together, it indicates that friendship is upright. In the case of wands, they are represented by the fire sign element, meaning that creative projects are seeing new beginnings and taking off fast. The next morning after the bar, I felt like I had died. When I looked at my Twitter, I had actually tweeted several times about wishing I was dead that night. It left my pride and ego damaged and me physically and emotionally scarred. Not to mention, my wallet was stolen and my keys are still missing. The only key I still had on me was my house key and my push to start remote. Even now, as I retell the story, I have no recollection as to what happened after I got to the second bar. I talked to my friend once since it happened, and they let me know whatever did happen that night, it obviously didn't end well. But they couldn't remember much either. For all I know, we could have been drugged and mugged. After it was all said and done, I wanted to completely erase my existence. To add insult to injury, this was the second time I had to replace my ID and bank cards in one month. At the top of August, I dropped my wallet while running around to corner stores trying to buy lottery tickets for that billion-dollar jackpot. After the bar incident, I sat in bed trying to heal and make sense as to why this event had happened. I deactivated my Twitter and I almost gave up on this podcast, thinking I'm not even the same person who started that podcast anymore. Questioning what type of person I had to be to make such a crazy decision in the first place. I kept asking myself, why did I leave the engagement party? After everything I've talked about and preached on this podcast and in real life, it was truly just a case of a Leo being Leo and creating their own damn drama. I'm not saying it's completely all my fault because I really don't know what led to my injuries, but it certainly all could have been avoided if I had remained at the engagement party. It wasn't enough that I was already getting attention by being surrounded by my best friend and their family, celebrating love for the sake of love. I had to go looking for more attention, more excitement, more pleasure in life. I was being greedy in a sense. In the end, I lost way more than I could have imagined. Just like at the top of the month, going from corner store to corner store, trying to win the mega millions. I wasn't satisfied with just one ticket and a prayer. If we take it a step further, episode two, Welcome Home, 
I left the engagement party or a place that felt like home. In fact, the engagement party was in the backyard of a big, beautiful house. I was surrounded by those who considered me like family because I had known my best friend for 15 years. Without a doubt, if I got too drunk, they would give me a place to call home for the night. The moment I abandoned home is the moment shit hit the fan. That was a snippet from my upcoming short film called Leo Season, The Last Leo Standing. (laughs) I'm sure there were a lot of jungle cats that lost one of their nine lives this Leo season. Let's just try to do better. I'm proud to say Page of Wands is here to save the day. I went from thinking my spiritual death meant the podcast had to suffer too, to writing three episodes in one week. If you haven't guessed yet, this is your brief lesson on tarot cards and how they are the perfect tool to guide you on your spiritual journey. If you haven't listened to episode four and figured out why I'm right about everything, fourth day of 2020, my first deck of tarot cards were gifted to me by my now newly engaged best friend, a Pisces. It was during the new moon in Aquarius, and ironically, Pisces also happens to be Aquarius, Venus, and Mars. They had originally purchased the cards for themselves, but when the cards arrived, said they didn't feel a connection to them. This same occurrence happened when my cancer best friend was given the cosmology journal. Both of these water signs being guided by their intuition and how these things made them feel. Neither of them felt a connection to these materials. Unbeknownst to Pisces, I had also been watching tarot readers on YouTube, like clockwork around this time. As I began to really embark on my spiritual journey through the Cosmology Journal, it just felt like tarot was the next step. The goal wasn't quite to become a reader on YouTube, but just to be a student of tarot and eventually a proficient reader. After having spent most of my teenage and adult life studying astrology, it was something I felt I could learn quickly. When I studied my natal chart, it also suggested I had a strong connection to the spiritual realm. Nevertheless, I hadn't told Pisces that I was considering studying tarot. They gifted the cards all on their own, just like cancer. They had no idea I was in need of a journal, but provided one anyways. Cancer also shared that they had been looking for someone to actually do a tarot reading for them. In preparation, they had been watching tarot readers on YouTube as well. Some of Cancer's preliminary research into tarot suggested you could not purchase your own deck of tarot cards. As soon as they discovered this, I said, how am I supposed to start practicing tarot if I can't even buy my own deck of cards? Their literal response was, If the universe wants you to practice tarot, 
The universe will find a way to give you tarot cards. I never mentioned this conversation or the fact I was interested in practicing tarot to Pisces, and neither did Cancer. So when they walked into my house and said, here, these are for you, and handed me the cards, I was floored, speechless. I couldn't even begin to formulate a how or why. I just showed immense gratitude and placed them on my altar. That's when Pisces mentioned that they too had actually been watching tarot readers on YouTube, ordered the cards, and then had a dream that I was one of them. The cards rested on my altar for six days, untouched. This wasn't even intentional. I just didn't feel drawn to them yet. They felt like they belonged to me, but were not quite yet familiar with me. In preparation, I ordered The Ultimate Guide to Tarot, a beginner's guide by Liz Dean. And I still refer to it religiously. In my cosmology journal, just moments before I touched my cards for the first time, I wrote the following. My moon, the luminary of emotions, feelings, instincts, and receptivity, is in the water sign of Scorpio. Naturally, water signs in general are fluid like water in terms of their emotions and feelings. They are sensitive, empathetic, intuitive, and imaginative. This is why I feel such a strong connection to the spiritual world and why I want to expand my mind and my spirituality. I cracked open the tarot guidebook and learned that the recommended method for cleansing is to sleep with the deck under your pillow for seven days. The deck had been on my altar in my home, soaking up my energy for the last six days. Close enough, I thought. I remember just being really careful and by the book. Dean writes that frequently handling the cards or touching them helps to attune them to your energy. I picked up the deck and cleansed the cards as the book recommended. Dean described one cleansing process of fanning the cards out in your hand and blowing on the edges, then closing the fan and knocking once on top. Afterwards, I did a light amateur shuffle, being careful not to drop any, as if that was forbidden, and as I held the deck in my left hand, I flipped over the top card. 13. Death. Associated with spiritual death, rebirth, transformation, and Scorpio. My moon sign and what I considered to be the main source of energy that I was channeling through my readings. It is representative of the water element and can mean a swift change with new beginnings, similar to a rebirth. It was also in reverse. Dean suggests that pulling reverse cards or cards that are upside down are in the eye of the beholder. It's up to you, the reader, to choose how to interpret those. You can ignore it and turn them back upright, or you can research the meaning behind the reverse position and then decide how to feel about it. 
I was dead set on not interpreting reversals when I started, and even now, I try to maintain my cards in the upright position. Therefore, if I happen to pull a reverse, I know to take it seriously. Since studying tarot, I am not so much by the book anymore. For instance, I don't feel the need to set up a ritualistic altar every time I need to channel messages. That's just how attuned to my cards I feel I have become. Nevertheless, I still wouldn't consider myself an expert or even dare charge someone for the service. For my close friends and family, I am able to channel their energy through my cards with no problem. This is enough for me. Tarot has become a personal tool in my quest for self-discovery, self-awareness, and self-love. Just like with writing, I allow my intuition to guide me to the cards at the right time. And based on what's going on or what I'm pulled to, I decide which decks to use and spreads to do. Sometimes I'll sit a particular card on my altar if I'm trying to manifest something the card is most representative of. There are some things that will always remain a part of my practice, such as cleansing my cards before every use, handling them with my left hand because that is the receiving hand, and occasionally reattuning them people don't really explore tarot because it used to be in the section of Barnes and Noble called witchcraft. However, if you go into Barnes and Noble today, tarot cards are available in the self-transformation section. Essentially, if you're interested in studying tarot, you don't have to be psychic or clairvoyant. You don't have to have water sign placements to be intuitive. You just have to want transformation a spiritual rebirth. It's meant to be interpretive. It's about energy. It's about how the cards resonate with you. The message will be clear if you're open-minded and do your research. Because energy is such a big factor, it's recommended that you keep your cards in their original container or somewhere safe and soft. It may be a good idea to protect your cards and treat them as if they do hold the keys to your success. This means maybe you don't allow just anyone to touch or handle your cards. If you do, remember to cleanse them before you use them again. In some cases, I may smudge my cards with sage or sit them with my crystals for a few days as an additional cleanse. After a while, you will be able to work with the cards however you feel or as you are called to them. To clear up a few things, you do not have to wait for someone to give you a tarot deck. Unless you're really superstitious about that kind of stuff. If you'd rather manifest a deck and save your money, Godspeed. There are multiple types of decks, starting with the original Rider Waite, which contains 78 cards. There are 21 Major Arcana, or Major Themes, and 
57 minor arcana to support these themes. It's also recommended that you start by keeping your major and minor arcana separated. Since there are only 21 major cards and they are the major themes, it's easier to learn those first by simply picking one card a day to study. Rider-Waite is a great deck to start with and there are many different interpretations of it. There are also Oracle decks, which can provide cards for a specific area of your life. studying tarot. You're on Apollo's landing.